Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. Emily Lonsberry. We've been playing some new music coming back from commercials lately. I like it. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hazing. Were you hazed when you were young? You know, uh, were, were you like uh, an underclassman coming onto some new sports team or uh, from junior high into high school? And for whatever reason, uh, tradition or uh, maliciousness, the upperclassmen decided to, I don't know, throw you in a, throw you in a garbage can or uh, make you run around the school for like 10 hours or something like that. Uh, I, I got hazed pretty good. I, I came from a, a real small town and, you know, it was, uh, it was the way it was for us. And it wasn't fun. And I don't look back on it thinking, oh, man, those were the days. And I, I, was, I was so included. Oh, when those upperclassmen, when they, uh, when they did that to me, when they dumped that on my head, I, I, I knew right then that I, I'd made it. I, was, I, I had friends. I was on the inside. Nah, nah I just got kind of bummed out. But there were pressures around to kind of like, you know, suck it up and deal. And so I did. And I don't think that that was ultimately the the right move. I think what that probably did was uh, just kind of open the door for uh, later underclassmen uh, to, to go through what I went through. And if I'm brutally honest with you, by the time I became an upperclassman, uh, I can't say I wasn't guilty of uh, performing some hazing myself. Not proud of it, but in my young mind, that was just uh, that was just the way that it was, and that's no good. And I am grateful to uh, the efforts of a number uh, right now that are working on uh, stamping that kind of stuff out. That's no good. As I look back on it now, uh, I wish I'd been different, and I wish I had had a different experience. Why do I bring up hazing? Well, of course, you throughout the morning have been hearing a, a story involving uh, East High School, uh, the shaving of heads, and the former mayor of Salt Lake City, Mayor Jackie Biskupski. Uh, she'll be my guest uh, after the break in a moment, so I, I'm going to wait and let her tell her story. Uh, and in the meantime, what I want to do is uh, take a look backwards in history. All right? <clears throat> you know I'm a, I'm a sucker for... Uh, for old newspapers. And uh, this morning, as I was getting ready for the program, I found, uh, and this is interesting, the language in this article is just absolutely fascinating. It uh, was published in the Deseret News uh, in 1905. And essentially, uh, what it shows here is a debate between a sophomore, a college sophomore, uh, and uh, the presidency of the University of Utah. Each side kind of makes its case for uh, either being pro-hazing uh, or anti-hazing. I'll, I'll point out now that uh, President Kingsbury, namesake of uh, Kingsbury Hall at the University of Utah, uh, very much anti-hazing. In fact, let me we'll start there. Uh, the, the, the clipping, again, from the Deseret News 1905 on the topic of hazing uh, reads this way. Kingsbury is opposed and practice is disreputable, says Regent Ritter. 
President Kingsby, K- Kingsbury expresses a view not in sympathy with the sophomores. Now, it's the sophomores who are uh, all pro-hazing, right? Of course the sophomores would be, right? They just last year were freshmen, and of course they want to get their pound, right? Kingsbury says, on general principles, I am opposed to hazing. If there is any hazing of a gentle character, that will not hurt anyone connected with it. Why, all very well. But, as a rule, hazing is of a pretty rough character, and measures should be taken to prevent it as far as possible. Uh, reference was made in the headline of this article to a, uh, a regent, Ritter. He has a statement here that says, uh, of the Board of Regents, he's decidedly opposed to all forms of hazing. Uh, he's, quote, The general opinion in regard to hazing has been for many years to condemn it. I think it is a disreputable practice that should not be encouraged. Why do I share this with you? Well, because it is 115 years old. 115 years old, and the attitude uh, by academic leadership here in the state of Utah has been one of anti-hazing. And somehow it is that after 115 years, we still have cases like the one that will be described by uh, Mayor Biskupski coming up. That a young boy, a young boy comes frantically pounding on her door seeking refuge because he is being pursued by upperclassmen bent on shaving his head. Yeah, uh, the, the the principal of East High School, let me pull this up here real quickly. The the principal of East High School, uh, after Mayor Biskupski made her experience known, uh, he, <clears throat> on the Facebook page of East High School, he wrote the following letter to parents and students. He says, I want to start by simply saying, I truly believe it takes an entire village to raise a child. We are all part of that village, students, parents, teachers, administrators, politicians, etc. Being a parent is one of the toughest jobs, but also one of the most rewarding. And now we get into the, the, the issue at hand. Each year, the principal of East High School says, each year East sends information to our community about some of the larger issues that are of concern to all of us in the community. As you may have heard, an inappropriate, long-standing community tradition has reared its ugly head Again this year. Every year we send in... Fr- Hold on a second. Long-standing communication has reared its ugly head. You know, the story is about a young boy getting his head shaved. You think that was a slip? Yeah. yeah. Uh, every year we send information out about incoming 12th grade students shaving the heads of incoming 9th grade students. As is always pointed out, this is not only inappropriate, it is wrong. As a school and district, we have identified the head shaving as hazing, which is dealt with as a safe school violation. I'm not saying this is a bit that this form of hazing has been happening since 1905, uh, but we do know that the attitude of, of uh, school administrators has been one of anti-hazing uh, for a good long time. And the response here is to remind parents and students that we've been sending out letters for like a long time. Yeah, Uh, well, then why is it that we still have cases like this one of a poor young boy uh, running out of fear, uh, knocking on a stranger's door? Now, this young man, uh, and again, we're going to hear the story uh, directly from Mayor Biskupski, who experienced it all herself, and her uh, like security camera there on her home captured the whole ordeal. A young man, afraid of his pursuers, knocked on, pounded on the door of a stranger seeking refuge. Think to yourself. Think to yourself what it means uh, or how worked up you would have to be, how fearful you would have to be uh, to move you uh, to pound on the door of a stranger. 
right? Uh, to plunge into the absolute unknown because what was pursuing you uh, was causing you such fear. Yeah, it's a tough thing. This morning, before we go to break, I want you to hear from an expert on this, uh, an associate clinical professor at uh, Brigham Young University. Tom Golightly is a frequent guest on Dave and Dejanovic. D2 earlier this morning, they had a conversation, uh, and Debbie asked, uh, how do we instill in our children that this hazing is not a rite of passage? That's important because uh, we've seen, as I illustrated and have repeated over and over this segment, for 115 years at least, and it's got to go back further, but for at least 115 years, we've been seeing this kind of stuff happen here in the state of Utah, and we know it's no good. We know it's no good. You've probably dried the eyes of your own child who has come home after a bout of hazing. And what do you tell them? How do you communicate to them that once they grow up and are the age of their offenders, that it is not a rite of passage? Here's uh, Tom Golightly. It's really about wielding power, and as parents uh, take a look at that, uh, whether they are the hazer or or the victim, uh, um, understanding how that power has influenced them or that 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 power differential, you know where where if if it's the hazer and and I'm a parent, where where have they not felt empowered in their life, and and where did we go wrong in not helping them feel that way? Uh, and as the victim, what's been taken away, and how do we re-empower that person uh, to have more of a sense of self in that situation? Quick break. When we return, former Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, who just yesterday witnessed some hazing herself and offered refuge to a young boy who was being pursued by some hazers. Her story next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. Emily Lonsberry. We've been playing some new music coming back from commercials lately. I like it. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hazing. Were you hazed when you were young? You know, uh, were, were you like uh, an underclassman coming onto some new sports team or uh, from junior high into high school? And for whatever reason, uh, tradition or uh, maliciousness, the upperclassmen decided to, I don't know, throw you in a, throw you in a garbage can or uh, make you run around the school for like 10 hours or something like that. Uh, I, I got hazed pretty good. I, I came from a, a real small town and, you know, it was, uh, it was the way it was for us. And it wasn't fun, and I don't look back on it thinking, "Oh man, those were the days." And I, I was, I was so included. Oh, when those upperclassmen, when they, uh, when they did that to me, when they dumped that on my head, I, I, I knew right then that I, I'd made it. I was, I, I had friends. I was on the inside. Nah, 
Now, I just got kind of bummed out. But there were pressures around to kind of like, you know, suck it up and deal. And so I did. And I don't think that that was ultimately the the right move. I think what that probably did was uh, just kind of open the door for uh, later underclassmen uh, to, to go through what I went through. And if I'm brutally honest with you, by the time I became an upperclassman, uh, I can't say I wasn't guilty of uh, performing some hazing myself. Not proud of it, but in my young mind, that was just uh, that was just the way that it was, and that's no good. And I am grateful to uh, the efforts of a number uh, right now that are working on uh, stamping that kind of stuff out. That's no good. As I look back on it now, uh, I wish I'd been different, and I wish I had had a different experience. Why do I bring up hazing? Well, of course, you throughout the morning have been hearing a a story involving uh, East High School, uh, the shaving of heads, and the former mayor of Salt Lake City, Mayor Jackie Biskupski. She'll be my guest uh, after the break in a moment, so I'm going to wait and let her tell her story. Uh, And in the meantime, what I want to do is uh, take a look backwards in history. All right? You know I'm I'm a sucker for... Uh, for old newspapers. And uh, this morning, as I was getting ready for the program, I found, uh, and this is interesting, the language in this article is just absolutely fascinating. It uh, was published in the Deseret News uh, in 1905. And essentially, uh, what it shows here is a debate between a sophomore, a college sophomore, uh, and uh, the presidency of the University of Utah. Each side kind of makes its case for uh, either being pro-hazing or anti-hazing. I'll I'll point out now that uh, President Kingsbury, namesake of uh, Kingsbury Hall at the University of Utah, uh, very much anti-hazing. In fact, let me, we'll start there. Uh, The the, the clipping, again, from the Deseret News, 1905 on the topic of hazing, uh, reads this way. Kingsbury is opposed and practice is disreputable, says Regent Ritter. President Kingsbury expresses a view not in sympathy with the sophomores. Now, it's the sophomores who are uh, all pro-hazing, right? Of course the sophomores would be, right? They just last year were freshmen, and of course they want to get their pound, right? Kingsbury says, On general principles, I am opposed to hazing. If there is any hazing of a gentle character, that will not hurt anyone connected with it. Why, all very well. But, as a rule, hazing is of a pretty rough character, and measures should be taken to prevent it as far as possible. Uh, reference was made in the headline of this article to a, uh, a regent, Ritter. He has a statement here that says, uh, of the Board of Regents, he's decidedly opposed to all forms of hazing. Uh, he's, quote, The general opinion in regard to hazing has been for many years to condemn it. I think it is a disreputable practice that should not be encouraged. Why do I share this with you? Well, because it is 115 years old. 115 years old, and the attitude uh, by academic leadership here in the state of Utah has been one of anti-hazing. And somehow it is that after 115 years, we still have cases like the one that will be described by uh, Mayor Biskupski coming up. That a young boy, a young boy comes frantically pounding on her door seeking refuge because he is being pursued by upperclassmen bent on shaving his head. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the, the principal of East High School, let me pull this up here real quickly. The, the principal of East High School, uh, after Mayor Biskupski made her experience known, uh, he, <clears throat> on the Facebook page of East High School, he wrote the following letter to parents and students. He says, I want to start by simply saying, I truly believe it takes an entire village to raise a child. We are all part of that village, students, parents, teachers, administrators, politicians, etc. Being a parent is one of the toughest jobs, but also one of the most rewarding. And now we get into the, the, the issue at hand. Each year, the principal of East High School says, each year East sends information to our community about some of the larger issues that are of concern to all of us in the community. As you may have heard, an inappropriate, long-standing community tradition has reared its ugly head Again this year. Every year we send in... Infra- Hold on a second. Long-standing communication has reared its ugly head. You know, this story is about a young boy getting his head shaved. You think that was a slip? Yeah. yeah. Uh, every year we send information out about incoming 12th grade students shaving the heads of incoming 9th grade students. As is always pointed out, this is not only inappropriate, it is wrong. As a school and district, we have identified the head shaving as hazing, which is dealt with as a safe school violation. I'm not saying this is a bit that this form of hazing has been happening since 1905, uh, but we do know that the attitude of, of uh, school administrators has been one of anti-hazing uh, for a good long time. And the response here is to remind parents and students that we've been sending out letters for like a long time. Yeah, uh, well, then why is it that we still have cases like this one of a poor young boy uh, running out of fear, uh, knocking on a stranger's door? Now, th- th- this young man, uh, and we're, again, we're going to hear the story uh, directly from Mayor Biskupski, who experienced it all herself, and her uh, like security camera there on her home captured the whole ordeal. A, a young man, afraid of his pursuers, knocked on, pounded on the door of a stranger seeking refuge. Th- think to yourself. Think to yourself what it means uh, or how worked up you would have to be, how fearful you would have to be uh, to move you uh, to pound on the door of a stranger, right? Uh, To plunge into the absolute unknown because what was pursuing you uh, was causing you such fear. Yeah, it's a tough thing. This morning, before we go to break, I want you to hear from an expert on this, uh, an associate clinical professor at uh, Brigham Young University. Tom Golightly is a frequent guest on Dave and Dejanovic D2 earlier this morning. They had a conversation, uh, and Debbie asked, uh, how do we instill in our children that this hazing is not a rite of passage? That's important because uh, we've seen, as I illustrated and have repeated over and over this segment, For 115 years, at least, and it's got to go back further, but for at least 115 years, we've been seeing this kind of stuff happen here in the state of Utah, and we know it's no good. We know it's no good. You've probably dried the eyes of your own child who has come home after a bout of hazing. And what do you tell them? How do you communicate to them that once they grow up and are the age of their offenders, that it is not a rite of passage? Here's uh, Tom Golightly. It's really about wielding power, and as parents uh, take a look at that, uh, whether they are the hazer or, or the victim, uh, um, understanding how that power has influenced them or that, that, that power differential. You know, where, where, if, if it's the hazer and, and I'm a parent, where, where have they not felt empowered in their life? And, and where did we go wrong in not helping them feel that way? 
Uh, and as the victim, what's been taken away and how do we re-empower that person uh, to have more of a sense of self in that situation? Quick break. When we return, former Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski, who just yesterday witnessed some hazing herself and offered refuge to a young boy who was being pursued by some hazers. Her story next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this... Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Apologize for that abrupt rejoin. A little technical difficulty on my... Some of that good music we've been hearing as we've been uh, coming back from commercial breaks. It's out on us. We'll have, we'll have some next break. I, I promise. A little behind-the-scenes uh, look at what's going on here. Before the news break, you and I had a, a brief conversation about hazing. We looked back uh, some 115 years at the attitude uh, held by academic leaders here in Utah regarding hazing. And uh, it turns out they feel uh, the same way academic leaders feel uh, 115 years later today, that hazing is no good and that has, it has no place uh, in the educational setting or really any setting. And the reason why, the, the reason why we are paying attention to this question of, of hazing today and uh, why the debate has, has become renewed, uh, it stems from uh, a Facebook post. A Facebook post uh, shared just the other day by former Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski. She, uh, on Facebook, tells a story of encountering a young man uh, who sought her home out as refuge as he was being pursued uh, by older children, uh, members of the same school, East High School, uh, and he indicated that they uh, were engaged in some hazing, uh, specifically the shaving of his head, a ritual of sorts, a hazing uh, ritual which has taken place uh, at East High School for, for some time. I've spoken to some teachers today uh, as well as uh, as others who have been working on uh, rooting this thing out for a long, long time. Joining me now to share uh, her experience and thoughts, uh, former mayor of Salt Lake City, Jackie Biskupski. Uh, mayor, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's jump right into it. W- what happened? Well, uh, around 10 o'clock p.m. on Saturday night, uh, I heard someone banging on my front door and ringing my doorbell a little bit frantically, for sure. Uh, so I ran upstairs to see what was happening, and I opened my door to a very young uh, person uh, who said he first apologized for disrupting my evening, but he said I I'm running away from some guys that I thought were going to beat me up and and I said, Okay, are you okay? And and he said, Yeah, they they didn't get me and I said, All right, let's sit down and talk for a second. I tell me what's going on and you know, he was with a group of friends. In fact all his friends showed up at some point but he was one of at least 10 kids that were hanging out together, and he got singled out and chased down by these older kids, and he said they were going to shave my head, um, and that, you know, his friends didn't help him because they didn't want to feel the wrath in the hallways at East High School, um, and he talked about how this is some sort of rite of passage at East High School, and um, you know, it's, and and yet, you know, clearly this kid did not want to be a part of that, you know, rite of passage scenario. 
Did he? Is this someone you have known from the community? Did he know to go to your home uh, to seek refuge, or was your place just the the, the one closest to where he could uh, get away from his pursuers? You know, I wasn't the closest, and I don't know him. Uh, he showed up on my doorstep, I think, um, for who knows what reason, but maybe for very good reasons it all came together that way um, because clearly you can see after my post uh, over a 1,000 people and have commented on this or seen it, and then almost half of them have shared it. Um, people are upset and they're frustrated with the parents who think this is, you know, okay. And, and they even allow some of the shaving to happen in their homes. Yet these younger kids don't really want to be a part of this. And they know that there's a part of it that's really uncomfortable for them, whether they're being chased down or their parents are saying, you know, it's just a tradition, you know, you need to go through this. Yeah. How did the situation Saturday night resolve itself? Uh, how did the young man ultimately make it home? Did, did parents come pick him up, or did he venture back out into the night? No, he did not want to go back out, and, and I wouldn't either for good reason. He said this was the second time he got away from a group of seniors, and they clearly had him targeted. Uh, so he didn't feel safe going back out with his buddies. And uh, so he did end up going home. Um, and, you know, I, I'm hoping that um, there is a bigger solution to this problem that comes out of the administration and the students and the parents, that they come together and finally put an end to this. You know, we should not be teaching our young male uh, students and sons that it's okay to um, to do something to another person's body against their will. Like that is the basic core thing that just we are teaching these kids through this and we should not be doing that. That leads to so many other things that are to their detriment and the detriment of other people that they feel they can harm. The video captured by the the, the security cameras at your home? Yeah, so we have a couple systems on our house captured uh, this on video. You know, one of the three boys involved that were seniors did come to my house uh, to apologize the next day. Um, and I, I specifically asked him to, to rise up uh, and, and be the face that actually ends up shutting this down. And I want to give him time. Yeah. Uh, people want this video. The school wants this video. Um, I want this kid to do the right thing and, and, and has and his parents do the right thing and rally other parents and other seniors to say forever this is done and send that message to all the kids who are coming up the ranks in ninth, 10th, 11th grade and just put an end to this in 2020. So, so you have not, you've not shared this video with anyone. The, the, the school requested it and you've declined that request? 
The school has requested it. I declined it. I really want the students yeah. to be the ones who take the action. I want to give them a chance to take the action before they're hauled into the principal's office. I, I want to give them a, a couple more days yeah. uh, to do the right thing and to get their parents to show up with them and support them in shutting this down. I see. Uh, have you had have you had contact with the 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 parents of the of the boys uh, doing the hazing? I certainly have. They came to my home the mm-hmm. next day as well uh, to thank me for helping their son. But I will say that um, there wasn't an interest on their part in making sure that this doesn't happen again. Um, in fact, they have a son who is a senior, um, and I really want those parents as well. Uh, they know the kids that were involved. I want them to rally for their younger son, and I want them to take their senior, and I want them to show up with the other kids and set the example as a family uh, with a victim and as families who were perpetrators to say, we're in this together and we don't need to teach our sons that this is okay or a rite of passage or something they have to go through. We can end this, and they need to do that. Jackie Biskupski, we'll leave it at that. Former mayor of Salt Lake City uh, encountered a young man fleeing from some uh, some perpetrators, some uh, older boys who were looking to, uh, to form some hazing, uh, calling for change, change on the part of Uh, both hazers, uh, parents, teachers, administrators. Thank you for your time, and thank you for taking care of that boy Saturday night. Thank you. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here. When we return, we'll be speaking uh, with a young man, uh, Spike Cohen. He is the Libertarian candidate for vice president. He uh, is in Salt Lake City. We'll deliver an address tonight from the Utah State Capitol. We'll get a little preview of what he has to share uh, as he runs for vice president of the United States with the nomination of the Libertarian Party. Next up, Spike Cohen on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We are standing by waiting to hear from Spike Cohen, who is the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. He, along with Joe Jorgensen, running. Uh, Joe Jorgensen, she uh, right now the nominee for uh, the presidency by the Libertarian Party. That race, uh, you know, they're right there in it. With uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump, uh, you may not know them. You may not know their platforms. You may not know uh, much about them. But we're going to uh, do what we can here on uh, this radio program to get you up to speed, let you know uh, all the options you have on the ballot uh, once uh, we start voting in November. Or by mail. You know how we're doing it here in Utah. Uh, so, again, we're, we're standing by. The, the reason uh, I was the reason that the Libertarian Party is on my mind right now is because uh, of an event uh, which will take place later today. As a matter of fact, Spike Cohen is in town. He is in the midst of a uh, like a, a bus tour. He's visiting uh, cities throughout the country, one uh, city a day, as a matter of fact. And today, it's uh, well, it's Salt Lake City's turn. He'll be uh, prese- uh, he'll be delivering some remarks this evening from the Utah State Capitol. Uh, so I'll tell you what we're just gonna we're gonna step away from uh, libertarian stuff while we wait. Uh, hopefully we'll hear from the candidate uh, in the next segment. We uh, the plan is 
Uh, and it looks like that plan may be changing at this very moment. Uh, but the plan right now uh, is to, in this segment, hear from the vice presidential nominee for the Libertarian Party. And then in the next segment, uh, our guest is expected to be uh, Joe Jorgensen, uh, Libertarian nominee for the presidency. Uh, uh, and so that's that. Uh, while, while I have a few minutes to chat with you, I, I will tell you that uh, I've been monitoring uh, some of the visit taking place in Kenosha, Wisconsin right now. And I have seen the the president, and just like he said, uh, with the intention of visiting law enforcement and businesses, uh, that that he would be visiting with individuals whose homes had been, or I'm sorry, whose businesses had been destroyed by the, the violence that was taking place uh, on the streets of Kenosha. And I saw him standing uh, alongside the business owner, uh, talking uh, about what had happened, how the, the destruction transpired. And this is not just uh, one of your run-of-the-mill shattered windows like you see sometimes. This was a, a building which had not long ago been fully engulfed uh, in flames, uh, nothing left but ashes uh, and charred remains, uh, skeletal remains of a, of a building. Uh, heartbreaking stuff. You don't know the story. You, know, you don't know exactly uh, what happened, who perpetrated what, but uh, it breaks your heart. Breaks your heart uh, to see uh, this this violence in the streets, uh, resulting in the destruction uh, of property. Because you know each one of those businesses represents a dream, and it represents risk, and it represents someone's livelihood. It represents uh, everything to which someone dedicates themselves. And to see it uh, just in an act of uh, senseless uh, violence, riotous behavior, uh, it's a heartbreaking, an unnecessary thing. All right, and that, and that has you know that's without regard to to you know what your message is because the the, the people who are doing the burning uh, they are not the ones uh, who are protesting right uh, they are not the ones who have uh, some sort of uh, message they'd like to communicate either pro or against law enforcement they believe in systemic racism or not no no, no. the the ones with views on that front they are not the ones smashing windows and burning property all right. Uh, and, and I know I, I repeat that over and over, but it is just so important to me that that distinction be made, all right, so that we don't somehow uh, end up sympathizing with this type of violence by associating it uh, with either our side or their side or however you view this, okay? Uh, if you're burning buildings down, you're on the wrong side. You got that? All right. And, and in fact, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, about this very thing with these libertarian candidates. Uh, should they uh, make the call, we get on the line with them here. There has uh, libertarians have an interesting view uh, on law enforcement, uh, and so we will uh, we'll see exactly uh, how they uh, how they would like to to see uh, you know the world shape up. Well, also, uh, I'd like to ask uh, about uh, you know what sets them apart, of course, from the uh, the two major candidates, and uh, and if they see any realistic opportunity. Uh, to to emerge with any type of healthy percentage of the of the vote uh, due to the widespread uh, dissatisfaction with the two major candidates, Joe Biden and President Trump. Also, uh, war on drugs. That's a a libertarian uh, point. Uh, Should we uh, wrap that up? Does it seem like it's becoming more mainstream? How about the future of education? What's that going to be like? Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to find that all out. Uh, coming up on the program here as we speak with these libertarian candidates. Uh, Spike Cohen appearing tonight at the Utah Capitol. And Joe Jorgensen, the presidential candidate. That's pretty cool. Today we'll be able to say that we spoke to a presidential uh, candidate here on the air. That'll be all right. Uh, All right. 
So as you, as you can tell, what's happening right now is I'm vamping. <laughs> That's where I just kind of say things over and over, trying to uh, bridge the gap until our guest calls in. Uh, we're going to move beyond that. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about this, uh, this deal, hazing. You heard as we went back and forth with Mayor Biskupski that she, uh, so, so quick summary, Saturday night, uh, she hears a knock on the door, a pretty frantic knocking, pounding, in fact, the doorbell's ringing. Uh, she looks out, she sees there's a young man in some sort of distress. Uh, she goes to the door, speaks to him, quickly learns that he is being pursued by some upperclassmen. He, uh, the boy at the back door, is a freshman at East High School, and uh, he's being pursued by some upperclassmen who are pretty set on shaving his head. Uh, that's a, a hazing, uh, a tradition of hazing, which goes back at East High School a number of years. And, well, former Salt Lake City Mayor Jackie Biskupski offered him refuge. Come on in. Let's talk about it. She closed the door. They had a discussion, and she uh, quickly came to learn that, yeah, this is, uh, uh, this is some hazing happening here. Well, the night wraps up. Uh, the boy gets home safely. Uh, his head's not shaved that night. And, well, the interesting detail is that Mayor Biskupski has uh, at her home uh, a security system, you know, one of those with the camera. And uh, who knows whether or not it's triggered by motion or what, but she is able to capture uh, this whole exchange. She captures the, the young man appearing at her door, pounding, seeking refuge, uh, the exchange. And then <clears throat> she also has... Uh, the identity of one of the pursuers. He showed up uh, to offer apologies. And Mayor Biskupski uh, has declined a request by East High School to turn over that footage, uh, in turn concealing the identity uh, of uh, the perpetrator. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? A few folks have told me that, well, you know, to conceal the identity of the perpetrator really just prolongs this practice of hazing. It really does nothing to stamp it out. That until and unless uh, real consequences are seen by the offenders, then this is going to continue on. Because it enjoys the support of maybe parents uh, fathers who went through exactly this form of hazing, either on the receiving or the delivering end of the head shaving, uh, who now have sons who are either freshmen or seniors, and all in the name of all in the name of tradition, uh, this goes on. And then you think about the kids themselves in the name of, you know, you want to be socially accepted. You want to be part of the in crowd, uh, either as a hazer or a hazy. You know, you don't want to get anyone in trouble, and you sure as heck don't want to get yourself in trouble, because until that happens... Until that happens, uh, this just goes on. And so does, does the mayor, the former mayor's withholding of the video, does that help or hurt? She says, uh, as you heard, that she would like to give uh, the, 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 the perpetrators an opportunity to, to apologize and make things right. Um, and, uh, and if they don't, you know, maybe she'll turn this over to the school. But uh, without revealing that identity, uh, you know, no, no, no real punishment can be handed down. And unless, unless these, uh, the perpetrators of this hazing uh, face, face real consequences, in my estimation, uh, this whole deal continues. Yeah, if there's no price to pay, if there's no price to pay, uh, then I predict uh, that this year and next year and every year about this time, uh, there are going to be some freshmen walking around the halls of East High School 
uh, with uh, with shorn heads. And then there'll be some upperclassmen who are uh, going to be giggling and laughing uh, when they see the bald-headed kid walking down the hallway. And so it'll go uh, until something really uh, steps in to uh, hand out consequences to the older boys. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, maybe that is, uh, who knows, interpret that how you will. Uh, Spike Cohen didn't make the call. We're not going to hear today from the vice presidential candidate uh, for the Libertarian Party. My apologies. Next up, we'll, I'll tell you what, let's cross our fingers. Uh, tune in. Tune in after the break. Maybe we'll hear from the presidential nominee from the Libertarian Party, uh, Joe Jorgensen. If not, you and I will shoot the breeze. Maybe I'll get you on the phone. You and I can chit-chat a bit. But plan right now, we're speaking with a presidential candidate next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.